Fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. I have to admit today, I feel extremely old as I, maybe, I don't know if this is true yet or not, maybe I'm starting to hit a midlife crisis. Not quite sure what's going on, but I don't know how to relate to the younger generations. (laughs) And I never thought I'd have to say that. So I, for those that don't know, hey, welcome into the program. It's the Voice of Reason broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation. Here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting. Thanks for hanging out with us today on the program. We have a big one lined up for you. So I work here at, uh, for those that don't know, uh, multiple radio stations here in Kansas as the operations manager. And just across the hall, when I do my show every day for our flagship here that goes out on all these different radio stations and uh, live streaming and everything else, right across the hall, there's a sports station where they do an afternoon show at the same time that I do. And they're younger guys in their young 20s. Yeah, I know. I'm 33. I thought I was young in the radio industry. Those guys are in their young 20s, so kudos on them for that. One of them comes up to me today as we're getting ready for the programs and doing our show prep and says, hey, uh, was telling some stories and talks about how he's at 20 years old trying to impress this girl who's like 18, 19, 20, I don't know, tries to impress this girl. And according to his story... She asks him what he does for a living, and he says, well, I'm in radio. Her response, as a 18, 19, 20-year-old gal in today's times of 2021, oh, that's interesting. What's radio? Yeah, yeah. There's, <laughs> there are deeper issues to this, this, this story than what's actually on the surface level here. First off, if you don't know what radio is, then I, that, that hurts a little bit. Are we reaching the right generation here? If we're trying to educate young individuals, especially at this program, we have a lot of younger listeners on this program, more so than I think a lot of other talk radio shows and AM talk radio shows. If you're listening on a terrestrial radio station, FM now with the translators and everything too. But if you are a radio listener, then majoritively they say talk radio is like 45 age and older, which predominantly is true. I think this show with what I've done for the years, we've been able to lower that a little bit and get some younger listeners. I've had a lot of younger callers call in throughout the years. So I, I think that we've worked really hard to try and get younger, my generation at least, the late 20s, early 30s, to participate and listen to talk radio programming. At the same time, we've worked really, really hard to try and get our online flavor so that way we can reach other individuals. Because her response was, what's radio? Is that is that something like podcasting? Is that like a podcast? Which means that there's a really needed um, market to try and reach out to the podcast network and try and reach out to young crowds, which is, again, why the Hoosier Media Network's there, because we're trying to work with uh, podcast shows to launch them out to new crowds and to be able to show what kind of content is actually out there. So it's really important, but just the fact that someone doesn't even know what radio is anymore blows my mind. And yes, it makes me feel extremely old because the bread and butter for this program is especially radio and terrestrial radio. And if you don't know what that is, then that that hurts a little bit. That hurts inside. 
just a little bit. And you can do music radio, but at the same time, you're not going to get as quality. You're not going to get as much content. You're not going to get as much information in that as you are with talk radio. And maybe that's what some actually want, which there's nothing wrong with music radio. I love music radio to a degree until, you know, a lot of them, a lot of the corporate stuff, the syndicate stuff starts just rotating the same 50 songs over and over. And you hear the same song three times. You're like, all right, I'm kind of done with this for the day. Anyways, that made me feel extremely old today. Welcome into the program. We have a lot to get to today. We have at the bottom of the hour, super excited to have on Justin Olson. He is a former state representative out of the state of Arizona and candidate for U.S. Senate coming up in the midterms. He just announced here in the last week or so. We'll have Justin on the program. I really want to chat with him about how the economy is faring right now. The labor shortage the massive 4 million plus individuals that left the workforce just a month ago, the inflation rate that's going on, the federal budget that's happening, and what we can do to try and stop that shenanigan. We'll chat with him about all those issues and more at the bottom of the hour. But while I was looking at the financial thing, and we'll get to COVID here in just a minute as well, because there are some new bits of information that we can just, uh, dissect with the COVID-19 pandemic and the mandates as well. But I know you kind of burn out on that for a second. So I want to talk about something else that makes your eyes gloss over, and that's inflation rates and taxes. I, I was looking at some doing some show prep today, and I came across the page of Congressman Ron Estes. We have him on the show many times before. He is the congressman from my district here in the 4th District of Kansas, and he posted something that I thought was relatively interesting on the inflation rate on the prices of goods over the last year under the Biden administration. Now, as you know, we've seen inflation really rise between 45 to 5%-ish or more, and you already see it at the gas pumps. I saw a post earlier today on social media that gas has officially hit in the mid-America region here, Kansas, Nebraska, Oklahoma areas. It's hit $3, a ga- over $3 a gallon. I remember all the way back over a year ago, before the COVID-19 pandemic hit, when it was like a buck twenty. And we could fill, I could fill up my car on 20 bucks like I used to do in high school where I knew I could just have a $20 bill in my wallet. I could go to the gas station, hand it over, be able to fill up my gas tank and be on my way. Now it's almost 40 bucks to fill up my gas can in my car. A lot of people spend even more. My wife has a, a larger truck and she spends the last, uh, she filled up a couple of days ago. It was 70 bucks, over $70 for the truck. Yeah. That's the kind of mess that we're in. So uh, I was curious on if how much you've actually noticed and how much inflation has risen, not just like a you know over the last eight months, but over a span of time and how much more it's increased in the last eight to nine months than it did over a 10-year period. I was very curious about that as he posted on the social media that gas from 2020 to 2021 has gone from as an average for the nation – 226 a gallon to 336 a gallon. That's just in a one-year period. I know. We need the appropriate music here because I think this gets a little absurd as we go along. On bacon, how many people still eat bacon? I haven't in a long time due to the dietary choices that I've decided to do, and I really miss bacon. I'll never don't judge me. Bacon in 2009, over 20 years ago. 10 wait, yeah, 10 years ago, 11 years ago. $3.45 a pound. In 2020, it was $5.51 a pound for an average. Now, in 2021, or the Joe Biden administration has gone up an additional almost in a year, less than a year, has gone up over, over almost again $2 a pound for bacon at $7.22 as an average. 
year over year. It took two. It took ten years to go two dollars and six cents. Now we're at like a buck eighty. So within the last nine to ten months, think about that for a second. Well done, Joe Biden administration. Bread in two thousand nine, a buck thirty seven. Last year in 2020, it was a buck 36. It actually went down a cent. How that happens, I don't know. Maybe this crazy like Donald Trump economy actually allowed things to get better on more appropriately finance. In 2021, it has now gone up 22 cents to a buck 58. It went down over a 10-year span. Now it jumped 22 cents in the last nine months. Think about that for a second. So this whole build back better mindset seems to be working out swell for Joe Biden, which is why not even his party really likes him right now. I was able to find a chart, according to usinflationcalculator.com, it goes month by month, year by year on the amount of inflation that's happened over the last, uh, since all the way back to 1968 to see the inflation rate month by month, year by year, and to break this all down. And I really laugh because there were a couple months under the Trump administration that actually was negative. When Trump first got into office, when he first got into office, we saw negative inflation. Never happened before since 1968, according to this chart, except for like one month, two months under the Obama era in 2009. But since then, Donald Trump had, uh, what was that? That was the month of starting in September of 2006 to 2017.0.2%, 0.2%, 0.3%, 0.3%, 0.4%. In four months, we saw negative inflation rates, meaning prices went down dramatically because businesses were able to expand. They were able to grow. They were able to do their thing. The average, according to this chart, under the Trump administration, was sitting right around 1.1 to 1.2, 1.3% inflation month by month throughout his entire administration. It also, by the way, had a negative one in January of 2017 or 2018 too. So that was the Trump administration. It started to climb up during the COVID pandemic the last year, as we saw in January, February, March, March at 3.5% of 2020 when COVID hit and shut down. We locked down the country by... The next month, 4%, 4.5% because of COVID. Now, remember, that wasn't Trump's fault because he didn't want to shut down the economy. He was forced to do so, and then people started blaming him on why people didn't have jobs, why the economy was doing so bad, why inflation was going up, because everything started happening. We started doing bailouts. We started stopping all the ports and stopping imports. We started not doing trading the way that we used to do. Then it went down a little bit at the beginning of this year-ish at 2.4%, and by the time Biden took over, now we're sitting at 4.6% inflation after we said supposedly the COVID pandemic has gone away, people are starting to go back to work, kind of, sort of, but not really, because now we just get the news from last month that we had over 4 million people leave the workforce because they say it's due to the wage issues, it's really because of the COVID-19 vaccine mandates where people are just sick and tired of being told what to do with their own bodies, and 4 million people left the workforce. And we're seeing more of it happen. We do have a kind of sort of bit of good news that we'll get to here in just a minute as well regarding the COVID-19 mandates and the fight that we're having. But something else was troubling as well. First off, I found out I'm really old because people at 18, 19, 20 years old don't even know what the radio is. Then I found out that we have near 4.5% inflation and prices of bacon, for God's sake, is up near $7.22 a pound. That's just a little angering, if not a little concerning to you on that front. Then we have this story. Now, let me see. So of hands for everybody, 
Has anybody heard anything lately from the southern border? Illegal immigrants flooding through the 85,000 Haitians that were on their way to the border right now. Why are we not tracking this on a live minute-by-minute basis of like, uh, and they're crossing another river on the way up here. Why are we not talking about this? To me, I think it'd be kind of important, would it not? I would think it'd be kind of an important story to follow. It would be like drones hovering over Central America, watching them travel, (laughs) wondering how they're traveling, what they're doing to get up here so quickly because they seem to have that kind of issue down, especially the Haitians, when they could just be going to the Florida border. That's not happening. They're going all around, all the way down to Mexico and through Mexico to get to the Texas border uh, for that massive migrant chain that's happening. Why are we not following this? If we really wanted to do journalism, we'd figure that out. But then what's going on? Because we're not hearing any news about it right now. We've kind of slipped that under the rug. We've tried to swipe away all the dust bunnies, forget that it's ever happening. These aren't the droids you're looking for. And then this pops up from ZeroHedge.com. Biden now has a apparently a federal program that's secretly moving undocumented immigrants arrested at the border, who are mostly, by the way, teenagers and young adults, why that matters, don't really know, to shelters and other resource centers in none other than the state of New York and New York City. Now, why are we shipping people from the southern border in Texas and Arizona and New Mexico and California and shipping them to New York for, quote-unquote, resource centers? That's interesting. And that, again, according to ZeroHedge.com. We'll discuss that when we come back because I have a couple theories on that one. And some of it's kind of good news. Some of it's troubling news. Some of it you should just be downright pissed off and upset because this is a serious problem that no one, again, seems to be talking about. Shocker by the mainstream media, right? We'll do that when we come back here on a Tuesday here on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, 
Catch our special features and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. So we have a program right now with the illegal immigrants where the Biden administration doesn't want to deal with it and actually turn people away and say, no, you're not allowed to come here. It's illegal for you to, the way you're coming here. We're not going to arrest you and deport you, which if you're already loaning them on airplanes, you would think you would just send them back to wherever they came from. Probably be a lot of, a lot cheaper to do so than trying to find them later when they don't show up to court dates and then you do the catch and release when they commit a crime. And I'm not saying everybody commits a crime. I mean, they are when they actually come here illegally. They're already committing a crime. But when you find them and then you find out they're not documented properly and then you do the catch and release issue, you would think it would be way cheaper just to put them on the plane and then be like, all right, we're going to take you back to Haiti or wherever you're from. And I know it's unpopular for the left side of the aisle, but that's how a normal, rational society with boundaries and laws and the rule of law actually functions to make sure that it's healthy and that it can handle the population that's actually within its borders appropriately. So that way you kind of have an idea of the way things are actually done. But we have apparently now a private secret program that the media is not, and I call it secret not because it's some like weird conspiracy theory, but just because the media doesn't want you to know about it, except for Zero Hedge, who's reporting this one, about a federal program supposedly moving people, undocumented immigrants, I don't like to call it, illegal aliens is what they are because they broke the law, they're illegal in this nation, illegal aliens that are arrested at the border uh, to shelter them at resource centers in suburban communities in New York, Connecticut, and elsewhere. Now, why? My first question that popped into my head when I read the story was, why New York? Why Connecticut? I mean, we've been talking massively about how they're putting them in rural communities, how they're putting them in blue in, in red states to turn them blue. So uh, so when they give the amnesty, that way they can register to vote and they can be uh, voting citizens. And that way they can start turning all these heartland of America country uh, states like Kansas and Nebraska and Oklahoma and the Dakotas and Texas and everywhere else. They can start turning them blue and start winning in the election battle. So why are they sending them to New York and other states like that? I have two theories on this. One of them is relatively good news. At least we should be a little proud of ourselves that we're on the right track. The other one is a little concerning and a little malicious. The first one that's a bit of positive news is, to me, that makes me think that we're winning in the war of ideas, which I already knew that because we do win in the war of ideas when it comes to ideology, when it comes to philosophy of life, we dominate them. They don't have a philosophy of life. They're still trying to figure out what gender they are because they can't apparently figure that out. So we're winning on the ideas front, which means with the low approval ratings from the Joe Biden administration, even Democrats don't like him. Are they concerned about losing future elections here soon? So they have to beef up their deep blue states already because they're already starting to lose what they thought they had was a secure area. So instead of sending them to areas that could influence them to gain, they're trying to maintain right now by sending them to deep blue areas, quote unquote, air quotes right now, to blue areas like New York and Connecticut and Delaware and so on and so forth. I find that very interesting. Now, part of it could be with some of these states, like the red states, that have actually stopped the importation of some of these illegal immigrants to their states. If you remember, there was the uh, Syrian issue and there was the uh, Somalian issue where we had 
areas of importation of refugees coming in that were high terrorist trafficked areas where we were concerned about who these individuals individuals might be because we weren't vetting them properly and a massive amount of governors across the nation signed petitions saying we're not going to accept them into our states because we don't know we don't we don't feel secure about the vetting process right now they shouldn't be coming here right now as as it is so we're not going to allow them to come into our states and if that's going on then fine but if we're sending them to new york in Connecticut and elsewhere, maybe they're trying to beef themselves up. The other issue that could be concerning is as we start taking a stand against the COVID-19 vaccine mandate and we walk away from the workforce because we will not be told what to put into our body, are they working on a new workforce that's stepping in to replace the uh, to replace us, to replace you, the worker, the blue-collar worker, who's trying to take a moral stand and saying, all right, fine, we don't need you. We're going to find the cheaper wages and the cheaper workforce as well by just bringing in illegal immigrants we're going to take over the jobs and we don't need you anymore we got this and if that's the case that throws a whole nother wrench into our system by actually taking a moral stand and saying we're not going to allow you to bully us around like this the voice of reason with andy hoosier Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. i got to admit, I am a little concerned about the importation and transportation of all the illegal immigrants to weird parts of the country, too. That's just strange to me. And if we are looking at replacing the workforce, then we got a whole other issue, don't we? He took his job! Ah. He took his job! Something we need to be a little aware of. Hey, welcome back into the program. Multiple radio stations all over the country, TV, live streaming, podcasting, wherever you may be. Uh, Every time I say the word podcasting now, I'm going to think of that young generation as I open the show. The young kids, the 20-year-olds. What's radio? Is that like podcasting? Good Lord. Oh, we got some work to do. Welcome back into the show. I want to shift gears a little bit, talk about the latest and what's trending. What's trending today? Now, as we talk about inflation rates, as we've talked about the four, four and a half million people that left their jobs uh, just a month ago, as we have a labor shortage, obviously prices are going up with supply and demand. Andy, why is the supply? (laughs) I saw a post on social media again about the inflation on how great Joe Biden's economy is doing. And there was someone trying to defend it. And they're like, well, obviously the prices are going up just because there's supply and demand. Duh. And, you know, there's more demand. So there's a lack of supply and the prices go up. Now, why is there a lack of supply? Because you're right. We have a supply demand economy, or at least we're supposed to under a free market, laissez-faire capitalist society. 
But why do we have a lack of supply? Maybe it's because we have vaccine mandates making people want to leave the uh, leave the workforce. We have a processing issue. We have a distribution issue. We have the economy that's not quite back yet because we have what they like to call a wage war that's just causing more issues in the economy as well. So, yeah, we have a supply issue. Now, why is that, Genius? Talk about some of that and more while we also try to fight off a three and a half trillion. Now it's like four point two, four point three trillion dollar federal budget, five trillion dollars overall with the infrastructure package. Our next guest, super excited to have him on the program. He's a former state House Representatives member from the state of Arizona. He was also on the Arizona Corporation Commission and now candidate for U.S. Senate in the state of Arizona. Excited to have on the program with us here, Justin Olson. Justin, how are you, my friend? I'm doing very well, Andy. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the program. I appreciate it. This is a mess. We just went through the list over the last half hour, the list of the massive inflation that we've seen with gas prices. Uh, where I'm at here at my flagship in the state of Kansas uh, just broke $3 a gallon. Overall, nationwide, it's like three seventy for an average right now. We saw bacon. Uh, the price of bacon went $2 a pound in the last nine months, which is the same rate of inflation growth that we saw over a 10-year period with like a national average of like $7.22 a pound right now for bacon. What the heck is going on with this inflation, and can we get this back down? Yeah, it's so frustrating, and it's all because of the failed policies of the Biden administration and his supporters in Congress, like Senator Mark Kelly, who are pretending like they can print money and there will be no consequences, but there are consequences. Every time these big government policies have been tried, they failed. We see in the results in Venezuela and Cuba, these countries that were once strong economies that now can barely provide for the basic necessities of their citizens. And that's the path we're on right now if we don't change course. Runaway inflation. Uh, demoralizing governmental dependence. We've got to change course. We've got to get back to the, the principles that made our country great, that made us the greatest economy in the world, the principles that were founded in our Constitution and our Declaration of Independence. That get back to that free market capitalism, uh, those principles that will drive up the production and the uh, uh, incomes of all Arizonans, and make it easier for folks to participate in the economy instead of what the failed policies of the Biden administration are doing. Yeah, amen to that. While you were in the state house there in Arizona, you were on that Appropriations Committee and Federalism and Fiscal Responsibility Committees, which I think right now are some of the most important things. Understanding the concept of federalism, do you think that we're starting to... I'm a glass half full kind of guy. I love the optimism of, of trying to have a lesson learned in these opportunities. Right now with the economy, with the massive amounts of spending, with the vaccine mandates coming down from the federal level, are we learning a lesson in federalism right now? And how much do you think states have the ability to do right now to start taking some of that power back and start fending off some of these Biden mandates? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You've hit the nail on the head. We've got to push that power back to the states where it belongs. You know, the first bill that I'm going to introduce when I get to the U.S. Senate is a bill to abolish the IRS. You know, this is an absolute disaster. The IRS is involved in every aspect of our lives, and they're a complete mess. You know, they're sending out assessments when, when they're not even needed because nobody's showing up for work, and then they just send out the notification and require you to to prove your innocence and you're assumed guilty until you do so. And so... We need to send that power back to the states, along with many other uh, federal operations. There should not be a, 
federal department of education. You know, this is the proper role of the state governments. You know, our founding fathers put into the Constitution very few enumerated policies and powers of the federal government. That should be the role of the federal government, establishing foreign national defense, establishing secure borders. You know, the responsibilities that actually belong to the federal government, they're dropping the ball on. We've got a disastrous policy at the southern border where parents are actually being enticed to put their own children in harm's way because of the failed policies of the Biden administration. It breaks my heart to see these young toddlers being dropped over the border fence because Biden has told their parents that if they get here, then they'll be rewarded with this open border policy. We've got to change course. We've got to get back to the, the founding principles. We've got to get back to secure borders, to, to, uh, to election integrity, to low taxes, economic growth, and get the government out of the way of the free marketplace so the free market can, can grow and flourish. You know, it reminds me of what Ronald Reagan said. When we're looking at this supply uh, chain crisis right now, uh, you know, it, it is in this supply chain crisis, government is not the solution to the problem. Government is the problem. Government created this problem. Government was the one that told folks that they couldn't go to work, created the supply chain shock, and then, then they enticed people to not go to work because they're paying them more to stay home than to show up. And so we've got a shortage of, of truck drivers and, and warehouse workers and other key employees in the supply chain. And then what does the government do because of this supply chain crisis that they created? Well, they stimulate the demand in the economy and give folks more money to go out and, and expand and, and create a, a significant, significant shortage. <laughs> government fails every time they try these big government policies. We need to get back to our founding principles. They definitely like to throw the wrench in the system there. We're talking with Justin Olson, candidate for U.S. Senate there in the state of Arizona. And I want to get to the immigration issue in a second because you being on one of those border states, I want to get your thoughts on it. But with this $5 trillion in spending they're trying to ram through right now for Green New Deal initiatives and and uh, whatever else, they do, the expanding of Medicare and Medicaid and Social Security, trying to do whatever the heck they want to do with this, this thing. After a year, year and a half of massive spending on trillions of dollars of COVID-19 relief, now a $5 trillion plan on top of this, is that going to push us over the edge? Would we ever financially be able to come back from this? Or is this just a, well, we'll do the quantitative easing, we'll just raise inflation rates, raise taxes, and everything will be hunky-dory? I mean, how far would we go if we end up passing this thing? You know, that's a great question. I'm very concerned about the future of our country if we continue down this course. You know, the, the debt as a percentage of the national economy has never been as high as it is. You know, it, it typically hovers around over you know, the 100-year span of, of the last century uh, at around 50% of our economy, and, and it's now at 125%. I mean, it's absolutely unsustainable. So it's a, it's a real concern. I mean, there are legitimate folks talking about minting a, a trillion-dollar coin to solve our, our, our debt woes. And, and, and this will absolutely inflate away our earnings, inflate away our savings and our retirement. It will create significant havoc in our economy. So I'm, I'm very concerned. We've got to change course, and we need to do it quick. We need to throw out the entire budget plan that, that Mark Kelly supported and that Joe Biden is advocating for. We need to start over. We need to get back to balanced budgets. When I was in the state legislature, I passed the first structurally balanced budget that our state had seen in many years in response to the $3.6 billion budget deficit that we'd seen. I've got experience delivering on, on this promise of balancing budgets. 
My successful legislation cut taxes that grew our economy by getting government out of the way. My successful legislation defunded Planned Parenthood, retired state debt. And that's what I want to do in the United States Senate, be a champion for fiscal responsibility, low taxes, economic growth, secure borders, the right to life, the Second Amendment, and look forward to delivering on those promises at the national level, just as I did at the state. Yeah, amen. I mean, the state of Arizona, and I'm so glad that you guys have been able to fight for what you have, because Arizona does rock it on many issues. I mean, you guys are one of the top three states in the nation for Second Amendment rights. I mean, you guys have been able to fight for uh, fiscal responsibility to some degree, at least more so than many other states as well. The immigration issue is a whole other beast, which is really, really frustrating uh, that I think a lot of states are trying to deal with right now. We're talking with Justin Olson, candidate for U.S. Senate. Find him online. Vote justinolson.com also on his twitter and the tweety uh, at underscore justin olson as well we got to take a break in just a minute can you stick over one more segment with us Absolutely, I would love to. Uh, perfect, because I want to set the stage for this, because you being on a border state and living in a border state and battling this issue, uh, I mean, the massive amount of illegal immigrants coming across in Texas battling this, I want to get your thoughts, especially with the federalism concept of what states can actually do to try and fight this battle, because it's going to be a serious one where states are going to have to take the matters into their own hands. We've been sending National Guardsmen from all over the country down to Texas to try and stop uh, these Haitians. Now we have like 85,000 Haitians coming up for another caravan, and it's just a mess. So I want to talk about that when we come back and what we can do to fight that and how that is also affecting our economy as well. So we'll do that when we come back. Plus, I want to get to some of the talk radio issues going on and the leading, the catalyst of trying to change things. Are we prepared? Are we drawing that line in the sand that we've talked about yesterday when it comes to mandates? The federal government telling you you need to get these vaccines We'll do all that and more coming up here in just a minute. It's the Voice Reason post-Monday celebration. Talking with Justin Olson, candidate for U.S. Senate. We'll do that all when we come back right here on the Voice Reason with the Hoosier Media Network. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online. Helping you defend and preserve this great republic. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. I don't care what anybody else says. By far the fastest hour of radio on radio. We just fly right on by here. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting. You can find us on our social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch.tv. Also, our other that we don't do video on, Instagram, TikTok. Although I should do like more TikTok. And I just don't do like the whole fishy face. I don't, I don't do the thing on Instagram. I do do the Twitter, though, ourfreedombook.com. And the website at HoosierReason.com. That's no I in Hoosier, H-O-O-S-E-R, Reason.com. And the handle on all of these social media is all the same at Hoosier Reason as well. Right now, we're talking with Justin Olson, candidate for the U.S. Senate in the state of Arizona. Let's so let's shift gears a little bit, Justin. I appreciate the time very much. Let's talk about immigration for a second because obviously being on a in a southern border uh, and border state there where you guys have to deal with this stuff all the time, what can states do? I mean, being on the federalism committee in the state legislature in Arizona, what are states able to do? Because like you mentioned, there are duties the federal government is supposed to handle, which is national security, which is foreign policy, which includes immigration, by the way, and a few other things. And then the rest of it's supposed to default to the states. And right now, we live in a really strange, weird world where we have the federal government wanting to mingle and get their hands involved in other things they're not supposed to. And the stuff they are supposed to do, they don't even want anything to do with it. We have Joe Biden, who has yet to be the border. We have the vice president, who was supposed to handle a task force to deal with the issue at the border that won't go there or doesn't know what's going on and just kind of blows that off. And she's been kind of MIA for a while. What are the states allowed to do to try and seal the southern border when there becomes a crisis like this? Yeah, that's a great question. There's a lot that states can do. But like you said, first and foremost, the federal government needs to do its job. Like you said, the Constitution is very clear. Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution says that the United States shall guarantee to every state and shall protect each of them against invasion. And make no mistake, that's exactly what's happening right now. We are being overrun at our southern borders, and it's because of the failed policies of the Biden administration and his enablers in Congress like Senator Mark Kelly. And so we've got to change course at the federal level. But at the state level, there's a lot that can be done as well. When I was in the state legislature, I supported many measures that, uh, that we put in place in Arizona that had a significant impact. And one that I think is most important, like you mentioned, certainly you know, putting the National Guard on the, the border, but we've got to empower the National Guard, give them the ability to actually uh, play a, a meaningful role, not just that supporting role that so often the federal government is tying their hands to. Uh, so in addition to putting the National Guard on the border, what I think has been most effective in Arizona is we enacted an employer sanctions uh, response if the employers did not use the E-Verify system to guarantee that the employees that they hired were here in the country legally. Now, this is something that can be enacted at, in every state. It's already available at the federal level. It costs the states nothing. It's just a requirement that the state needs to put in place for the employers to check that, empl- that immigration status using E-Verify. 
but then you've got to have the teeth, and that was what was, was critical. In Arizona, we put in place a, a, a requirement that if a business failed to check the uh, immigration status or did and ignored it and hired an illegal immigrant anyway, that that employer, that uh, that company, would lose its business license. And no major company is going to risk losing the business license. We need to enact that at the state level. We need to also enact it at the federal level, say that every state needs to use E-Verify, and if the employees, employers do not use it, then they will lose their business license. That will give us the ability to secure our border overnight because it will dramatically decrease the draw from folks who are coming here for employment. Then we need to finish the border wall. We need to properly equip the U.S. Border Patrol, and then we can get functional control and stop that dangerous element that's coming across the border to do harm in our communities. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? We have a paid-for wall just sitting there ready to be constructed, and we're not allowed to do that right now because of the administration. And as you're right, if we take away the opportunities for them uh, for the reason they want to come here illegally and actually say, all right, you know what, we're going to increase work visas, we're going to do things right to where you can come here, you just got to go through the right process, then that would help clean up the system. My concern is they continue to bust people around as these massive expansions in social programs just going to be like, well, there's so many people here and they just can't get any work. I guess we just better keep giving them checks and freebies in order to stay here. We're out of time, my friend, but it's an ongoing battle. And hopefully we can start changing things around. I tell you, next year for the midterm elections are going to be, as Donald Trump liked to say, huge. They're going to be bigly. And I hope that we can get you up there and we need to get you back on the show again soon. It's Justin Olson. VoteJustinOlson.com is the website. Go and check him out. Justin, it's great to talk to you, my friend. Let's do this again real soon. Thank you so much, Andy. It's been a pleasure. Hey, likewise. We'll get you back on and chat again here real soon as the election gets nearer and nearer. I'm telling you, the Republican side, conservative movement, we are itching for this midterm election. They always favor the minority party anyways. That's going to be us. And then people on the other side already angry with what the heck's going on. So get ready for a wave if we can do this appropriately and properly. We can make things happen. Until then, be your own catalyst for change. Be your own voice of reason. Podcast up in just a little bit. Until then, this is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio tomorrow. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.